Now, whenever I see a poinsettia, one of the first thoughts that comes to mind is that we're getting ready for the holidays. And some of the most common places to find them are at garden centers, nurseries, or even your grocery store. Now, I know that these can be really challenging to paint because the leaves are large, flat, and primarily red. So how can we make this interesting? Well, if we use the reference photo just as our guide and allow the water and color to move on the surface and work with some highlights, we can have some fun with this. Now, I've already gone ahead and did a very simple line drawing on watercolor paper. Then using artist tape, I went around the edges just because once I'm done with the painting, I'd like to have a nice clean border. Now the primary colors I'll be using are a Daniel Smith Pyrrol Red and the Anthrocanoid Red, along with a little permanent sap green and Hansa Yellow. And I think I'm going to use a little Windsor Blue Green Shade along with maybe a tiny bit of French Ultramarine Blue and Windsor Violet Dioxazine. Now I want this painting to look free and effortless and not overworked. So using my synthetic wash brush, I'm going to apply a layer of water over the surface. Now I don't really need a puddle or the surface to be runny, otherwise the color will dissolve really easily. Now some of the brushes I can use are a squirrel quill brush, either a blend brush, a sword or dagger brush, and maybe a cat's tongue. So what I'm thinking about right now is how much water and color my brush is going to hold and how much water and color I want to apply to the surface. Now if I use a blend brush, I can have more control over the color, but that's not necessarily what I want at this time. I'm actually looking for a little more water on the brush so once I apply the color, it'll flow. So using some of that Pyrrol Red, I'm going to mix it well with some water in the palette just so it has a really nice consistency. You can see it's not thick and pasty or weak and runny. Now if I go too thick, the color's not going to move and flow. And if it's too thin, then I'm not going to have a lot of color. And in the meantime, the surface has dried a little more than I wanted, but that's okay, it'll work. So as I apply the brush strokes, you can see that it's really not flowing too much. And that's because the surface is just a little drier than I thought. But that's okay, I'm basically going to draw with my brush and get some color in and then I'll add some more water. Now I'm looking for my largest shapes first and you can see that I'm moving rather quickly. Now I'm also really aware that I don't want to completely fill in each leaf. I want to leave a little bit of a highlight here and there. Now I know this is going to look really messy and that's okay. Now before this color dries, I'm going to take my number one squirrel quill brush and just soften a few of those edges. Now when you do this, the most important thing is for you to have a good time. Now when I approach a painting, every one I do, I think about it as an experiment. So I'm able to allow myself the freedom to explore. Now if I want that color to move more, all I need to do is tilt my paper and direct the flow of color. Now before the surface completely dries, I can still continue to build the color. So when I look at the reference photo, what I'm thinking about is the direction of the leaves and the values. Now once I have my basic design, 
I'm going to come back in with some green, but I need this to dry just a little bit before I do that. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my edges. Now, if you want, you can mix together a yellow and a blue or maybe a permanent sap green with the French ultramarine blue or the Windsor blue or the permanent sap green with the Hansa yellow, whatever you like. Now let's take a look at the shine on the surface and you can see that it's still a little wet. So I should let that dry just a little bit before I come in with my greens. Now it doesn't need to be bone dry, just enough that I don't lose all of my edges. Then to help me get the control that I want, I'll use either a blend or here I'll use an Escoda brush and then I can get into some of those smaller details. Now the green really adds a lot to the painting, so I don't want to cover it up, but I also don't want it this bright. At this point, what we're trying to do is get a little more definition in those leaves. We want some irregularity because that's going to add the character to the painting. Now to make this even more fun, I'm going to use a sword brush, or it's also called a dagger brush. It creates a wonderful type of brush stroke and it easily goes from wide to thin. So once I have my greens in, I'm thinking about some of those darker values in my reds. So I'll take a little bit of that Windsor Violet Dioxazine and mix it into my Pyrrole Red and Anthraconoid Red. And if you happen to have just a beginner set, you may want to take just a little purple or a blue and bring it into your red color. Now for those darkest areas, what we could do instead of using an indigo or a black, you don't want to use a black because it can kill a painting, you can take some of that permanent sap green or whatever green you have and mix it into your red and create more of a neutral color. Then before we overdo it, I'm going to use my number three synthetic brush and define the center of the flower. Then it's time to take the tape off and reveal the painting. Now this makes a really wonderful holiday gift. And even if you use it the exact same composition, every painting is going to be slightly different. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and happy painting.